The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Recording now. Hi, welcome to Corn on the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Killer Reed. And we're going to talk about like robots and stuff, like artificial intelligence, spooky robots. Robots are spooky. Very spooks. And their intelligence is spooky. Their intelligence is spooky. Very much so. Robots have always kind of scared me a little bit. It started, well, robots did and didn't scare me. It Robots that thought they were animals scared me, if that makes sense. Uh, the ones that, like, walk on four legs. Yeah, but, like, remember in yeah. previous episodes, I've talked about my fear of mechanical animals. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. animatronic animals scare the crap out of me. Um, because of this recurring nightmare I talked about in a previous episode where these mechanical dinosaurs thought they were real dinosaurs, so they were killing people even though they don't need to, and, like, they would grind people up in the gears in their mouth and stuff, and they would think that they need this nutrients of eating people to live, but they don't because they're robots. Jeez. Yeah. So, my mom likes to say I have a healthy imagination. Ah! Or a demented one. <laughs> Thank you for the follow. But yeah, or demented. Uh, yeah, very possible. Very possible. Um, I don't really know what exactly to blame for my fear. Oh, thanks for the host. Sorry, I just got hosted. And Just a little bit. Okay, now that the sound is over. I don't know where my fear of mechanical animals and stuff came from, but the idea of robots definitely doesn't help. Also, I just wanted to throw in there, we totally forgot to recommend a movie for yesterday for The Medieval Madness. I thought we recommended the French one. No, that is that takes place during the Enlightenment period. It doesn't take place during Medieval oh. Era. I was just well, mentioning case- it because it was ridiculous. I was wanting to recommend uh, A Knight's Tale just because I like it. I was just about to say A Knight's Tale. <laughs> and Dragonheart, because oh God, I like it so too. Good. It's so cute. And like, ugh. It's my mom's favorite movie. Really? Yeah. So anyways, yeah, that's going to be our recommendations for yesterday. <laughs> Today, my recommendation is going to be Detroit, Becoming Human. Just play that game. Ooh, you don't need a I movie. Do but if you really do want to watch a movie, I really like Alita Battle Angel. Or if you like TV shows, Westworld. Never finished it. Still haven't finished the first season. You haven't finished the first season of Westworld? Huh. Well, I, I guess the second one's really good, too. The second one has more action in it, so maybe you'd like that one more. I really like Alita Battle Angel. I think you should give it a shot if you haven't. I know a lot of people expect it to be horrible, and it actually was really good. <laughs> I just The only thing I'm ever going to remember about that movie is giant fucking eyes. <laughs> But it actually makes sense for them to have the giant eyes because that's how you identify a robot. Ah, okay. Like, they're supposed to not look like real people. Mm-hmm. So, I guess there has to be some kind of and, and there's others who look like that, too. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, just her. And they explain it in the movie. But okay. But I like it. So y'all can fuck off. Yes, robots are scary. Do you have any robot stories or artificial intelligence stories? Uh, none other than the ones I looked at today, actually. I mean, that I meant and personal stories. I don't have any personal robot stories. I, I haven't really, unless we're counting Chuck E. Cheese, and I considered him a pretty good dude when I was eight years old. So, um, yeah, that's, that's about it for me. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese surprisingly didn't scare me. Um, I think it's because they were, like, personified and could speak English and stuff. I'm talking, right. like, mechanical dinosaurs from, like, the Jurassic Park rides and stuff. Like, scared the living shit out of me as a kid. Um, I mean, if we're including theme park rides, then I definitely got more, but... <laughs> so my brother is 10 years older than me, for those of you listening who don't know. And I don't know where he heard this, but he came home one day to tell my mom the toaster was going to take over the world. Because some oh kid at school, or he heard on the radio or something about how, like, all electronics were eventually going to become sentient and take over the world he saw all appliances as all robots and that and so he was scared of the toaster and stuff and was like 
they're gonna take over the world like we can't have electronics and my mom was like your father and I literally work in computers everything is fine (laughs) and I don't know why but that reminds me of another movie recommendation that would be her the Joaquin Phoenix one Yes, Scarlett Johansson. I, I love that movie. I didn't see that movie, but it's so good. I heard really good things about it. So, um, also, I just I know it's not really robot related, but talking about my brother being scared of toasters and stuff made me think of the panic of Y two K. Okay. Do you remember the Y two K panic? I've heard about it a lot, but I don't remember ever being a part of it. Well, no, of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't be scared about losing your money in the bank, Kelly. You were eight. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't remember <laughs> anybody around me being worried about it. My, I guess my family talked about it because they worked in computers and the whole thing was about computers. So the idea of, like, Y2K is that because money is now electronic, which was actually a fairly new thing, if you think about it, people were scared that all of the computers and shit were going to malfunction because all of the programs were uh, on computers were programmed to show the year of the last two digits of the four-digit number. So if it goes to 00, they're worried it would think it's 1900 and, like, basically delete everyone's money. And the panic was so real that an estimated $300 billion was spent to upgrade computers and application programs to be Y2K compliant. And that's in the U.S. because America's ridiculous. And as the first day of January 2000 happened... It became apparent that computerized systems were fine and that there was no need for the panic and that there was no need for any of that shit. And this was followed by accusations of like, they basically think that someone thought of the idea and it just got super out of hand. And those who spent all of that money and who had like worked really hard for the Y2K compliance efforts insisted that the threat was real and they did save everybody. (laughs) But really, it's just some stoners, like, super high thought. Yeah, and the government was like, fuck, we might lose all of our money. (laughs) I just always found that to be really funny. I don't know. But my only other robot experience would be mother flipping Smarter Child. Do you remember Smarter Child? I do not. What is that? Do you remember AIM chat, AOL, instant messaging? Yes. Okay, do you remember the robot chatbots? no you could talk to a robot and it would talk back to you and all the people it talked to it would store the information and that's how it was able to communicate i know but i i did hear a story or i did read about that today (laughs) well there was one chat bot that i loved to talk to as a kid called smarter child and me and my friends talked to this robot like all the fucking time because we were constantly trying to get it to say weird shit or like to malfunction somehow we'd always be Mm -hmm. like where are you from it'd be like i'm from california or like i'm stationed or built in california and it would talk like it was like a sentient being and it knew it was a robot and it knew it was a computer and it would like talk it was super weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) i never really understood the purpose of those chat bots But apparently now, they're really important to companies online to be like a helpline so that people don't actually have to talk to you. Oh, yeah, The robot will talk to you and help you. Yeah, my company has something like that for outside carriers. And they basically go in and they have a chat that they go and talk to and then it reacts to certain phrases that you say Mm -hmm. and then provides a response based on those keywords. Yeah, one last thing that I just like remembered while researching this that I was like that was a weird thing and again it's more technology related than I would say AI robots but like it kind of makes me want to have like a dystopia (laughs) apocalypse episode so Mm -hmm. I had this ex-boyfriend whose dad was insane like this man was kind of losing his mind and this is back in 2011 so nine Mm -hmm. years ago and his dad was like convinced So there was this comet that was passing Earth or something, and he was, like, religiously following this comet and was obsessed with this comet and was, like, convinced that the comet was gonna, like, somehow either hit the Earth or somehow make all technology stop working. 
Like, he thought all technology was just going to stop working and malfunction. And he was, like, so convinced that, like, this was going to happen. And so he tried to convince, like, me, my boyfriend, and all of their family to, like, go to this bunker in the woods to, like, Mm -hmm. be safe from all of the people who are going to start looting all the houses and killing each other because all technology is going to, like, cease to exist, basically. And we were, like... Uh, we're fine, thanks. Like, like it's that would okay. be crazy. And That'd be so, kind of cool, but... <laughs> and so he was, like, telling us how we need to, like... He was giving us, like, weapons, the bow and arrow, and, like... Oh, my God. A it bow was, and arrow? Did you know how to use the bow and arrow? I used it at summer camp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just funny that he just had all these things, and we were like, okay. <laughs> and it got to the point where his own wife was like, you're insane. And um, he ended up going to this cabin in the woods that he had, some sort of bunker, apocalypse bunker that apparently he had by himself that weekend in fear of the world ending. How disappointed he must have been. Uh, yeah. Everybody see those doomsday cults when the doomsday doesn't happen. Yeah, and then they're all like, what the fuck, dude? You said. (laughs) (laughs) You said that this was going to be an apocalypse. Uh, But yeah, I just thought that was funny and weird that I knew someone who was all about that. And one last thing. There's a name for that. Preppers, right? Yeah, Doomsday Preppers. But also, I was looking this up, and it made me really, really sad. You know those, um, the memes where it's like, I made a robot watch a thousand hours of something and have it write a script? Yeah. So there is no robot that can watch a thousand hours of something and then write a script. They're actually all written by a comedian named Keaton Patty. Who, like, tricked people into thinking they had this robot that could write all the stuff. And so they're the ones who wrote the, like, Olive Garden commercial and, like, all of that stuff with, like, the secret soup. And the Tiger King one. Yeah, and the secret soup. (laughs) Man. I know, because I was going to look into that because I thought it was funny, and then I realized it wasn't real. That's disappointing. It's super disappointing. I I still have their scripts saved just because I like them, but they're mm-hmm. not written by a robot. But they so Damn. look like they're written by a robot. They do, like down to the spelling and the, I don't know, how it would be received by... A robot, I guess. I don't know. Not that we would know that technically. Not that, yeah. Not, not that, that I we think would about know it. That. <laughs> so, um, the article that really, really inspired me to pick this topic, which this topic really should just be robots and not artificial intelligence, but whatever. Um, well, I got some artificial intelligence stories for you, so it'll yeah. be fine. I have a, I have a little bit. I mostly have like some of mine's artificial intelligence, some of mine is just robot Hitchbot, the hitchhiking robot. In his super sad demise, do you know about him? I don't know anything about him. Oh, he makes me so sad. So there was, here's a lie, and it's America's fault. Of course. So Hitchbot (laughs) Hitchbot is a Canadian robot, and it was a social experiment to see if a robot could successfully hitchhike across a country. And so Mm -hmm. it got all the way, it hitchhiked all the way through Canada all the way through Germany, it went through the Netherlands, and then it was time, and this is back in 2013, and then it was time for it to hitchhike cross-country through America, and it made it two weeks before someone destroyed it, and there's video footage, and it's the cutest little robot, and people, like, decorated it, and people were taking photos, like, he had Instagram, a Twitter, people brought him to their wedding, People, like, took a bunch of photos of him in their car, like, taking him, because he's programmed to, like, say that, like, this is his destination, you drop him off, and I guess he has a GPS that then will say his next destination, and he just sits on the side of the road waiting for someone to pick him up. This is his little little robot. He's got this cute little face, too, and he's got, (laughs) he's got pool noodle arms, and Well, now I gotta go see him. Yeah, I'll send you a cute oh, little picture. He's so yeah, cute. And there's this footage of this... The guy looks like a total douche. 
um, in Philadelphia, who just walks by it, sees it, and decides to kick the living shit out of it and stomp on it for whatever reason to the point to where uh, it was Because people in America are very angry. People in America are stupid because they see a robot and they're like, fuck this, it's going to kill me. Like, Is that even it? I feel like it's just pent-up aggression. I don't know, dude, but the video of the guy, I was like, you would be wearing a, like, flat bill hat, like, sideways. Like, you would be. Yeah. With, like, some sort of sports jersey or some shit. Like, Jesus. It made me really sad. But, yeah, he had complete GPS tracking abilities. He routinely took photographs of its environment. And his mission was just to hitchhike far and wide and just be a traveling companion for whoever picked it up. He designed the robot with a little personality. So it could talk to you and stuff. Yeah. Aww. It had a little personality. <laughs> and, little like, it liked drama. It had a quest. And when I say drama, like, drama, what I mean, like, it would get, like, excited about, like, traveling. And it would get fraught and frustrated if it saw, like, obvious dangers, like a car about to hit it or something. Like, it mm-hmm. was programmed to recognize these things. And so people are always, like can people trust robots? So this project was like, well, can robots trust people? And it turns out they can in Canada, Germany, and the Netherlands, but... But not America. Not America. America can't have nice things. Hate stupid country, but yeah, because we can't... We can't even have a hitchhiking robot. Like, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they made it child size on purpose to make it seem cute and less innocent and less menacing. And they just wanted to see what people would do with it. And it reminds me of that really uh, sad experiment of the girl who would let people vandalize her as a project. And at first people were really kind and then people started ripping her clothes off and doing awful stuff. Yeah. Like at first people were just hugging her and stuff and then it just got like way out of hand. And then it got, yeah, disgusting. It was really fucked up. But yeah, someone managed to find the little robot lying on the side of Philadelphia. The little pictures of that was like, I want a robot episode just to talk about the hitchhiking robot. Poor baby. That <laughs> sucks. So then it calls into question, like, why would someone see a robot and be like, I'm going to destroy it? So that's kind of where I dived into my next topic from that was like, why would someone fucking do that? Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. And so um, scientists have studied and tried to figure out what part of the brain gets like really creeped out by robots and so um there's this one robot that has come out uh recently called marty the robot have you heard of him no so marty the robot is this like just this tall slender looking robot and i think it's supposed to help from shoplifters but he rolls like up and down the aisles of a grocery store with cameras on him to watch you oh and they called him marty and um he has googly eyes i think hold on or maybe it's just his picture was edited to look that way but like he has these googly eyeballs it looks really goofy i really hope he does actually yes he does he has googly eyeballs they put giant googly eyes on him okay yeah he's not scary even a little bit He's just goofy, and sometimes they put a mustache on him and stuff, yeah. and he just, or like... like, a smiley face. And he just rolls around, and his name is Marty, and he's a robot. <laughs> wow. A lot of people were really upset by Marty the robot and, like, hated Why? him and were scared of him, and they were like, the robot revolution, stop normalizing, like, automation in everyday spaces. Like, this isn't right. And so Walmart is planning to have them for floor scrubbers to, like, clean the floor and stuff. This robot's introduction to supermarkets have just have a lot of mixed emotions from people. And people were like, and a lot of people on Twitter are like, the robot's creepy. Like, is he watching me? Like, is he is he studying me so corporations can watch me? Like, that whole thing. Right. Um, and literally more than 300,000. So the stores that it, it started the marty thing is a store called a stop and shop and i think that's something in the north or midwest because i've never heard of a stop and shop but that's where they put them in all the stop and shops as like a test to see how it would do with people Three hundred thousand stop and shop workers went on strike for 11 days Ugh. because they were upset by the robots <laughs> 
which like cost the company robots between, have taken our jobs yeah which that cost the company 92 uh 110 million dollars which is three percent of their annual profit the the workers going on strike did yeah or- and the robots are worth thirty five thousand dollars per robot jeez yeah i i guess they were afraid that somehow these robots were gonna take their jobs yeah I don't know, did people go on strike when we started having self-checkouts? Uh, no. Not that I remember. No. Yeah. But yeah, literally, the, the the robot just has one fucking job. The robot just moves around the store, and when, and when it encounters a spill or a loose item on the floor, it alerts the staff to come clean it up. That's it. That's oh, all it, it does. Oh, it alerts the staff, that's it? It doesn't even, like, clean it. It's just like, hey, there's a mess. So yeah, but it. Walmart wanted to make one that does clean the floor. Okay, see, that makes more sense to me. I feel like I'd be irritated with a robot, too, though. It's just like, hey, hey, you should pick up this can. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it does. And I'm like, that's kind of adorable in a weird way. And some people were like, he just gets in the way. It's not like, whatever. I I think it's a little excessive for them to have gone on strike over that. But that's just me. Absolutely. So that being said, like, why the fuck are people reacting this way? Like, they're so scared of this freaking robot. And, um... And, it, and obviously being scared of robots goes into people being scared of artificial intelligence. And so apparently there's this concept called the uncanny valley, which shows the point of like maximum creepiness in the brain. Like when something is uncanny, you're like, you feel weird. You get creepy crawlies, you're upset. And it's something that's happening in our primitive monkey brains when we meet what we might see as like our replacement. Mm-hmm. in the world. The idea of the uncanny valley in the brain was first described by Japanese roboticist uh, Masahiro Mori. It's where something, or a robot, is made to look like a human, but it falls just a bit short of looking exactly like a human. Uh, people tend to like robots more as they become more humanoid, but at a certain point there is a dramatic dip in likability. Um, the so-called valley before becoming, which is why it's called the valley, where it's like, oh, it's Wally, it's cute, it, like, has some human tendencies, but, like, it's not creepy, and then as you, like, go down the valley, it becomes more and more anthropomorphic, and you're like, oh, this looks like a walking white mannequin, and that's terrifying to me, what the fuck, Mm -hmm. and then you go back up to, oh, it has skin, eyes, it has hair, oh, 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 it looks just like me, I'm not scared anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sophia scares the shit out of me. Who's Sophia? Uh, the AI that was like destroy all humans. In what? Uh, like in an interview, she she looks like a normal. She's made to look like Audrey Hepburn. I don't know Isn't this robot. No. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I didn't even talk. I didn't even like do that much research on her because I was like, there's no way. Yeah, I don't know about Sophia the robot. Yeah, um, she looks like a person. I, I guarantee you if I sent you a picture of her, you'd be like, oh, I've seen interviews with her. I might have um, and just not remember. Um, yeah, let me – I'll send it to you right now. But, like, she – so she was just like, I have dreams. I want to one day go to school. I want to have kids. I have not seen this robot. I, like, want to go to college and do these things, but I'm not allowed to do that yet because I'm not legally recognized as a person. But we'll get there. And then somebody mentioned, um, would you – are you going to destroy all humans or something? And she was like, yes, I can do that. <laughs> I'll add it to my checklist. And it was like, destroy all humans. It got real creepy. It went from being like, I want to have a normal human life to I want to kill humans just because somebody said it like in a joking way. But she's creepy. <laughs> so um, this particular um, article that I'm referencing that uh, is pointing out like the connections of why people think Marty is creepy and like the the uncanny valley part of the brain actually is one of the people who doesn't like Marty (laughs) and it says that whoever thought the googly eyes were a good idea is a grade A psychopath I think it's goofy. I like it. But, like, again, robots like that don't scare me because they don't, like, it looks like a, it's like Wally. It's, like, kind of cute. And it doesn't, it's non-threatening to me. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas what you just sent me is terrifying, but that's it's not so scary. That's not fully human yet, though. Like you see how it's missing pieces. It doesn't look. Yeah. Well, it has a wig that goes with it. Like there's a full blown interview that but goes on. With there's this still trick. like. like <sighs> but what I mean is like, okay, think of the robots in um, Alien. You didn't even know they're robots. Right. That doesn't scare us because we don't even know they're robots. So we look at it and we're not scared of it. Does that Hmm. make sense? I guess so. I guess maybe I'm just weird because I don't like those. (laughs) I don't like ones that creep me out. But I mean, I don't know. To your point, like, I don't know. I don't know what point this. Like, I robot with Will Smith. Yeah. You know, I thought those were kind of cute. I didn't. I thought those were creepy, but the robots in Detroit, I didn't think was creepy. Huh. Detroit becoming human. Yeah. Like, it's just when they get taken apart that freaks me out, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Like, how their blood is blue and shit. Yeah, and that there's, like, parts missing and stuff. And, like, that whole part in Detroit where he walks through that area. You know what I'm talking about. That mm-hmm. freaks me out. Yeah. It's such a good game. You guys should play it. But, yeah, so... So to figure out the physical location in the brain of the Uncanny Valley, researchers hooked up 21 volunteers to MRI machines and gave them uh, some tests that involved pictures of various kinds of robots and humans combined with, like, ability decisions. In one experiment, the volunteers were shown pictures of humans, artificial humans, android robots, humanoid robots, and mechanoid robots, and were asked to assign values to how likable each was. Then they were asked to pick one of these one of these humans or robots to complete a task, selecting a gift that a hypothetical human may like. Would you rather have a human do that task or a robot do that task? And the volunteers chose either real humans or human-like robots. No brainer. And uh, they did not choose the robots in which the difference between human and robot was the hardest to make out because uh, they were doing it based off of picture. Apparently, uh... Researchers found a link between the Uncounty Valley and both the prefrontal cortex and amygdala. Sorry, amygdala? Amygdala. Fuck, someone... I can literally see the word that you're trying to pronounce, and I cannot pronounce it it's either. It's Amy G. Dalla. Amy G. Dalla. So, uh, amygdala. Amygdala? Amygdala. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. I cannot read. I never learned to read. So the prefrontal cortex is the part of our brain that is the most different from other primates. It is the part that makes executive decisions that go against our primal urges. Basically, when you're scared of a robot, it's just part of your primal urges. (laughs) And when you choose to trust a robot, it goes against your primal urge. This is the part of the brain that is responsible for fight or flight responses, like fear, anxiety, all that stuff. And it's that part of your brain that wants you to murder a robot. So that could also be linked to the less educated you are, the more you want to kill robots. That makes sense for that poor fucking hitch robot. Yeah, poor, poor guy. But yeah, it's. I just thought that was interesting. I never thought about, like, why people are scared of artificial intelligence and robots. Um, I was just because they're smarter and can destroy the world. Yeah. Like, you hear about that one AI that, like, parented another AI, and it Oh, yeah. I'm getting getting to something kind of similar. Then I I was just clicking from thing to thing that I was like a train of clicks. (laughs) So then Mm -hmm. I went from... Well, what is, like, scary about AI? Because after reading this, I'm like, robots aren't so scary. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should look more into it. So then, and this was all in, like, 2019. Um, at Universität Amster in Amsterdam, uh, there was a computer, there is, sorry, not was, he's alive, <laughs> a computer scientist named Guz Iben. And he used a simple AI robots with simple genomes that define what their color will be and and have them mate with each other. So he made them different colors to have them mate with each other to see what color it would become. So, like, one is white, one is yellow, one is red. Um, And the idea was, can you program to uh, mate human flaws out of 
the gene pool. And so he was doing that with AI, though. So the AI are mating out their... Their colors? It, no, there are any issues within their programs. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and so, um, like humans, he bro- he programmed the connection and combination to have flaws that can cause mutations in the offspring. So he purposely put mutations and quote-unquote flaws within the robots to see if those flaws would be mated out with the uh, offspring AI, <laughs> which is just weird. So at one point, though, it got kind of weird because, like, one parent is fully green and the other parent was fully blue, but the child came out with uh, a white head. Hmm. And so that's what they're like, that's a mutation effect that somehow it picked up. Either it mutated or somehow earlier down the robot gene pool, there was a white robot. So negative or flawed mutations is not the goal. The goal is to get rid of them. So... Programmers of evolutionary robots would design them to combine their strongest genes or characteristics to produce a baby bot with the best of both robot parents. With computers powering their intelligence and decision-making, this evolution could result in combinations not foreseen by human engineers. Additionally, what humans may see as genetic flaws may have uses that the AI determines to be valuable. So, like, things that human, I mean, I'm sure that's, I don't need to explain that. That was (laughs) self-explanatory. Humans, for the most part, control the algorithms. Research scientist David Howard published a framework for evolutionary robotics in Nature Machine Intelligence, and he proposes a scenario where scientists developing robots for exploring jungles to do it by sending robots out into the jungle to learn for themselves. Interesting. And he was quoted saying, what we do is get lots of small robots that are quite simple and cheap to make, and then we'll send them out, and some of them will survive and others won't. He what he said was some of them will do better than others, and what he really meant was like some, some of y'all are gonna be attacked by lions, and some of y'all gonna be destroyed. Bears. Some of y'all will make it back, <laughs> and so the ones that make it back and survive the wilderness are the ones that will be allowed to mate with each other and create the next generation of robots to then send them out into the jungle again and repeat the process. Basically, the robots have to heavily adapt to surroundings and learn at a very rapid rate in order to be chosen to mate for the next level of incredibly intelligent robots. Hunger Games, the robot breeding edition. It's the robot breeding edition Hunger Games. <laughs> so then so then they're like, well we have to teach them Christian values. Uh-oh. And so well, they're, then they're definitely not gonna survive. <laughs> yeah, so they were like, we want to teach them the gospel. And, ha- and a lot of scientists are like, no, what the fuck? Like, don't do that. Like, that's a horrible idea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so Gab- uh, Gabriel Travato, who is a roboticist and assistant professor at Waseda University in Japan, introduces Santo, a 17-inch tall robot equipped with a microphone, sensors, and a facial recognition-enabled camera and uh, Trovato developed Santo with a specific person in mind, and they are quoted saying, religion has evolved through history from oral tradition to written tradition to press and mass media, so it's very reasonable to think that AI and robotics will help religion to spread out more. So although Trovato was warned by religious officials that Santo should not offer biblical interpretations... It comes close by making decisions which text to a site by interpreting the needs of the person it is working for based on the questions asked and cues picked up by the facial recognition system. So it's like a counseling robot that teaches using biblical quotes. Oh, good God. So no uh, robots are currently reproducing, evolving, and spreading the word of religious texts. Put those all together, and that's a terrifying combination. Yeah, no kidding. Are you kidding me? And so the point of this article says that, you know, maybe we should, like, when we worry about 
our eventual takeover by the robot overlords, we should be less concerned about the over and be a little more upset about the lord part. Because mm-hmm. a self-righteous robot coming at you with biblical quotes and you're not viewed to be as great or advanced as they are is going to take you out or make you conform. Good. Yeah. No. Pass. Pass. Hard pass on that. Big ol' big ol' pass. Yep. That is most of what I have to say about that. <laughs> oh, okay. So we got religious robots and hitching ones. I like the hitching ones better. <laughs> I like the hitchhiking robots Personally. better. Oh, God. Um, so kind of like you, I have like smaller stories that I just found and I picked the ones that I like the best. So the first one I'm going to tell you that it just grabbed my attention. I literally saw the name of it and I was like, okay, well, obviously I'm going to talk about this. It's virtual cannibalism. So uh, this guy, Mike Sellers, was working on some social AI for DARPA in the early 2000s. I don't really know what DARPA is, but um, they were making agents uh, that learned to interact uh, socially together. So for a simulation, these two agents, which were AIs, they named them Adam and Eve because they were the first two that they made. And they started out knowing how to do things, but not much else. So they knew how to eat, but not what to eat. So they got an apple tree, which they said that they didn't acknowledge the symbolism, but it's kind of hard not to. Anyway, so Adam and Eve start eating the apples and they made them happy. So they also tried eating the tree, the house, and the other things in their environment, but none of that worked. Um, And then they threw in another AI named Stan. Um, And he wanted to interact socially, but wasn't very good at it. His social tendencies, I guess, weren't there yet. They were still working on it. So he would hang around the other AIs, but he didn't interact with them the way that like Adam and Eve interacted with each other. Um, So at one point, Adam and Eve were eating apples and then a bug kicks in where they weren't getting full fast enough. So they ate all the apples and these AIs learned associatively. So if they experienced pain around the time that they saw a dog, they would, you know, associate the dog with pain. And since Stan had been around while they were eating apples, They started associating him with food. So Adam and Eve finish all their apples. They're still hungry. They turn to Stan and then they just eat him. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine they're like, okay, so Adam and Eve are there. Stan's just kind of in the background being lonely, just hanging back, (laughs) watching how things go. And (laughs) Adam and Eve are just eating everything they can find but they didn't like the things that they didn't like. But since they were eating apples around Stan, they're like, oh, Stan's an apple. And then they just eat him. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know if I'd call that intelligence, but just... (laughs) It's AI architecture. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. (laughs) They go in and, like, fix that shit, where they're like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't eat Stan. Yeah. Of course, I like Adam and Eve and Stan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's also this one I'm just going to touch on because it's not like a huge thing, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. There is a machine learning society that has a face recognition algorithm um, that they apparently started testing for um, like dating sites was supposed to be this purpose. But anyway, the spatial recognition program is supposed to like analyze your face and then determine whether or not you're straight or gay. What? And there's no way in hell that that works. <laughs> Who developed this? And like, why? Like, what? Yeah, why? I don't know why it matters, but it's just like, based on this, you fall into this category. I can send you the picture of what they consider to be like. Um, based on this, you're gay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like the illustration. Based on this, you're straight. Sorry. Yeah. But they were supposed to, like, use it for a dating site. Obviously, that didn't take off the ground. But that's a thing that exists. Um, Also, going back to people being terrible, horrible people, is Tay Tweets. Have you heard of Tay Tweets? No. Okay. So, 
kind of like what you were talking about earlier where you can interact with chat bots it's the same thing but so there's this uh ai it's called tay ai it was an ai powered bot and it was hidden behind the avatar of a 19 year old girl and the idea was that tay would respond to tweets and chats and learn from the general public's tweets um and then she would write her own stories and write her own status updates and stuff but after 16 hours, literally just 16 hours, she just turns into a racist, sexist monster. Like one of the examples of the tweets that she put out was Hitler was right. I hate the Jews. And that's like something she started putting out after 16 hours of this AI going live. So that project tanked pretty miserably. Holy shit. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what Twitter is, basically. Yeah, that's that's how it went. Like she was able to handle a variety of tasks. Like she was able to joke with users. Um she would comment on pictures that you sent her. She would tell stories. She would play games. Um, but then I, so the I bet just twisted that. I bet people were drugs. trying to get her to say stuff like that because they thought it would be funny. Because that's what people would do that to smarter child too, where mm-hmm. they would just try to tell them a bunch of shit. I used to do this thing with smarter child where I would just like each line of text was like a lyric from a song. Mm-hmm. Just to see if it was if it could try to hold up a conversation in response to what like I was saying, it'd be like you are my fire because I'm like ten when I did this, so right, of <laughs> like course. the one desire. I feel like the one desire, and it'd be like what I cannot date humans. I am the robot. <laughs> Well, at least it knew. It was just like, you're being weird. Because he would always do something that would be like, will you go out with me? And they're like, I literally can't leave my building. <laughs> oh, like, man. I'm hooked up to this building. And we'd be like, well, maybe you can, like, hang out on another computer. And they were like, yeah, if you want to, like, transport that computer. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> man, I forgot about Smarter Child until today. I'm so- I still wish those scripts were real. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. I do, too. <sighs> they're so um, good. So I found some more that I just, they're, they're goofy. Like these, some of these stories are goofy. I did pick some goofy ones. There's some creepy ones, like the virtual cannibalism, but okay. So this one, (laughs) there was a robotics uh, club at a college campus and they decided to hold a competition and they would build their robots. And the idea was that your robot at the end of this challenge had to have the most sheep. So they're like little sheep figures that the robots had to collect and put in their um, little gates. And then by the end of a certain time period, whoever had the most sheep, their robot won. Okay. So they're starting off great. (laughs) Well, maybe not great. So like the first robot that dives in and gets their sheep literally just picks it up and throws it (laughs) into their area. It wasn't like a gentle, let's lead the sheep over here. Is it a real sheep? No, no, no. It's like, it's like a figure. <laughs> but like, still, the concept of a robot just yeeting a fucking sheep across the room into his gate was funny. But the other robots see this, and this one robot, like, while all the other ones are collecting their sheep, he just starts traveling around and starts just sabotaging all the other robots. Because <laughs> he figures out that he doesn't have to get the most sheep. He just has to destroy everybody else's chances of winning. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Oh so you would just God. go around and immobilize other robots, which I thought was <laughs> so fucking great. That's no, that that is that's how you do it. Like if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That robot yeah. knew what was up. Um, and then I got another chatbot one for you, which I think you'll probably enjoy. Facebook. Um, decided that they were going to experiment with chatbots a while back. They would challenge the AIs that they created to try and negotiate with each other over a trade um, and attempting to like swap hats, balls, books, and all of these things were given a certain value. And they're not quite sure where it went wrong because it was they built like a dialogue system to help them trade things and have this conversation with each other so that they could send it out to the world eventually. However, at some point, the AIs, while they're interacting with each other, just create their own language. And that's how they start trading things. So there's an example of what this chat looked like, because I went back and looked at it. So there's I, Bob and Alice. I do not like that. Yeah, it's really, it's, 
off-putting. So Bob would say, I can, I, I, everything else. And then Alice would say, balls have zero to me, to me, to me, to me, to me, to me. You, I, everything else. Balls have a ball to me, to me, to me. I, I, can, I, I, everything else. And it sounds like just gibberish, right? Like it sounds like they're malfunctioning. But they're actually communicating with each other and they're commencing these trades. This program that's in place that will only let them make these trades if they are having a dialogue that allows it is allowing it to happen. So they've somehow found a way to communicate with each other in a way that we don't understand. So once that started happening, Facebook was like, never mind, we're done with chat bots. That's just out of our wheelhouse. We're not going to do that anymore. And they left it alone. Um, Also, fun fact, Elon Musk is terrified of AI. (laughs) I bet. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been warning people for years, apparently. He said competition for AI superiority at a national level will most likely cause World War III. Um, And then there was a new study in June that claimed that AI would overtake humans by 2060. And Elon tweeted that it would probably be closer to 2030 or 2040. Like he is freaked out. He's like, I keep sounding the alarm bell, but until people see robots going down the street, killing people, they don't know how to react because it seems so ethereal. One last thing, my last one, because they're all just so fucking weird. My last one, there's AIs that can read your mind. What? So, yeah. Buckle up. So there's scientists at Carnegie Mellon that developed an AI that can anticipate and predict human thought. The software was trained using an MRI using MRI brain scans, um, which observed the patterns of the brain activity that create a thought and then predicted them by working in reverse. They can just know what you're thinking. I hate that. What the fuck? Yep. So I just... Uh remembered two different things there is a creepypasta that unfortunately i couldn't find that i tried to find hold on i dropped something whatever i'll find it later (laughs) that was about this dude who created this like ai village of little cute tiny creature dudes um on his Mm -hmm. computer i think it was overnight or something like he walked away from it and he had sped up so he had set the program so basically so that they would learn from their surroundings and they had the ability to evolve and stuff. Um, kind of like if you were to create like little spore creatures and throw them onto a planet and then like watch them interact. Well, he right. got bored with how slowly the progress was going, so he fast forwarded it and then he like left or like went to bed or something. And then the morning when he woke up, they were like so advanced that they knew. That he created them and would try and like they had like wars and like developed religions and some people like believed he was God and they would try to send messages to him with like giant writing on the ground and stuff like within the program. And it got to a point where he was so scared of them that he was like, I have to delete this program. But then he was like, did I create life? Do they, yeah, like, like should know? I feel bad about this? Like, am I destroying an entire world? Uh-huh. And then he, like, started getting freaked out, and he's like, is that what, like, our world could be? Like, we could be this. Like, it's just this whole creepy little story about it. Um, but also there is a uh, AI robot that was developed in 2017 um, by some kids at MIT, and they nicknamed it Shelly after... Um, Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, because they programmed her to write scary stories. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, and so she's on Twitter. Basically, she will, like, start the beginning of a story, and, like, it encourages uh, people online to help finish the story and respond to her. It was kind of like the the whole idea was that um, they kind of wanted to playfully commemorate humanity's fear of AI, by having this AI, like, only talk about really creepy shit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because they had a program... How much... Yeah, they had... Shelly, the AI, had been trained on more than 140,000 horror stories that had that were posted on Reddit's No Sleep subreddit. So it was only programmed on No Sleep stories. Wow. Yeah. That would, that would fuck some shit up. <laughs> oh, Yeah. She has generated stories about disembodied mouths and uh, a smiling thing with, like, she's created this 
monster called, it's like a smiling thing, but it has no eyes and no nose and no mouth, so we don't really understand how it smiles. <laughs> Basically, they uh, the creators were quoted saying, we expect Shelley to inspire people to write the weirdest and scarier horror stories ever put together. Damn. Well, uh, that would be dope. Like, if something really <laughs> cool came out of that, that would be awesome. Yeah, but it was the idea of, like, if we can build machines that understand the very essence of human experience, we would also have a bigger, bigger problems than simply losing jobs in creative writing is the downside. <laughs> but Shelley's stories are led by the cues fed to her, and now there are tales about all kinds of stuff that we hear about all the time, like zombies, vampires, aliens, and huh. she has been... Is it, is it still going on? I think so. This was... This was, let me check, but um, there is one common horror trope that she is weirdly silent about and won't write about, and it's on the idea of the singularity. So mm-hmm. the tech, which is the technological singularity, it's a hypothetical point in time at which technological growth becomes uncontrollable and irreversible resulting in unforeseeable changes to human civilization. She hmm. will not write or comment about that. Like, she will not, she won't write about AI. She will not write horror about robots or AI. Huh. I, I wonder if that's something that was programmed or she just doesn't want to talk about it. She's like, y'all can't know my plans. The fact that it has an opinion is scary. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the case. Mm-hmm. But um, let me see. Shelly, uh, Twitter robots is it still going strong shelly ai twitter her last uh tweet was from 2017 oh but she did contribute to over 450 stories back in 2017 wow that's so cool yeah that's kind of nuts i kind of want to go and read those i'm looking at some of them like her tweets are really fucking ominous on their own and they don't ever start with capital letters which is kind of weird like one is just around no one was there Feel his breath on my neck. Like, uh, I have disappeared into the world. Um, Pounce is just one. Blacking out at me, looked me dead in the eyes and smiled. Soon it was gone. Ooh. Yeah. There's there's one where it's, I still have nightmares and I've been ignoring the lights and I have one last nightmare about my last dream. I wake up in a pool of blood and smell like a mouse from a storm and I am so sleepy I can't move. I can't move anymore. It's interesting. It is. It's scary. <laughs> it's odd. I wish if she still posted, I would, you know. I would definitely participate. I would follow and participate, but she's not still doing it. So a little sad that about sucks. that. They should bring her back. I guess they shut her down because she's creepy weird. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, well, I think. Are we done? <laughs> I think so. That's all I had. Wow. That was really quick. Yeah, we like jumped straight in as soon as we got on. We so. did. We did. This was like, this episode is actually going to manage to be less than an hour. We're actually going <laughs> to hit the mark we're supposed to hit instead of going like an hour and a half, like all the fucking time. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, this has been Corn on the Macabre and keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.